Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Guys, this is our episode. We are oh, here I... today to review Season 1, Episode 6 of Andor. And you know what? We have our eye Don't on the cannon uh... of the eye of the... That's the name of the title. That's, that's, that's the title. I get it. So the eyes have it. Tom, that, you just like that's five bucks right there. Okay, but wait a minute. At least it's not March because then it would be the eyes of March, right? Yeah, that's a. Uh, why did this not release during the eyes of March? That just feels like a big mess. Well, I don't know. I think oh, it was gosh. out of all the episodes right now. I think it was one of the. It is the standout episode out of all six that we have seen so far. Yeah, this this is this is a fantastic fantastic episode. The um, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to to get into this episode with you. So should we just should we just dive in? I yes, sir. Let's do it. Aye, aye, Captain. Oh, gosh, our listeners are just like hating us right now. Absolutely hating us. Then I think Look, we better think, get into the episode rundown so they will. I not... think. Hang on, Tom. Just Go one ahead. one last thing. I think at this point. Even Peel would have dropped the show and stopped listening. <laughs> and and I and I believe, that was the last draw. <laughs> I believe it is time we get into the episode rundown. So William, why don't you take it tonight? I oh okay, we're mixing things up here. Well tonight, well, because because we had fun, you know, sitting here with puns. We are you take the rundown. We are well today. Uh, we will be reviewing Andor episode six, the Eye. If you hadn't guessed that already it was uh, directed by Susanna white and written by dan gilroy with the 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 duo rounding out their trilogy of episodes and in this episode with a cover from a spectacular local festival the aldani mission reaches a point of no return so we're now halfway through the season this is this episode marks the halfway point and yeah, it's it's quite an episode. I mean, we we don't get much time with the rest of the group, and we'll talk about them later. I think, um, but as far as the Aldani raid goes, that it, they really uh, deliver. Your thoughts, I, I, Tom? I think the best part of it it was the tension that was built all the way to the heist, and even during the heist, it was so tense. It even took out one of the Imperials, if you look at it from that point of view. I mean, my God, what an episode. I think this, I, I, I don't honestly, when it comes to this kind of writing and tension and pacing, what are the other six, the back half of these six are going to be like? You know, Stephen, what do you think of this? I mean, this is... Like we talked about this a little bit in, uh, you know, the last episode, or I think it was the last one. Like, where they're clearly doing these kind of like three episode arcs, 
Um, I expect we'll get another building episode after this, you know, casting on his own and something that will eventually bring him back around to the rebellion and probably Luthen and Mon Mothma. Um, but yeah, this was just all around a fantastic episode. And I like very much delivered on the, you know, the previous two, just a plus all around. Indeed. Yeah. It, you know, again, while we, we didn't get much time with, the rest of the cast i think we got even less time than last week the payoff was uh, of the raid itself was was really good they were kind of setting the groundwork in previous episodes but in this one oh boy wow it was both visually stunning and just really cool and intense mm. so let's i think with this i think with this episode the best thing about it was they at least got the funds to really start the rebellion rolling. If you look at it from that point of view. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, so let's, let's get in. You know, the episode really starts with a little, a little quiet again, right? Um, You know, get some more dialogue between Nemec and, and Cassian as they, they kind of discuss whether the empire cares about them at all, or just, you know, kind of sees them as, something so small that can even be ignored. Right. Um, and we're also introduced to the, the, the guy in charge of the Imperial forces on Aldani commandant J hold Bihaz played by Stanley Townsend. He's the, the ranking officer on Aldani uh, as well as his family. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I did enjoy the joke about how he's, you know, expanded uh, mm-hmm. his belt after, also Cassian talking about how the Imperials are fat and happy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, the, the thing that got me is when he was standing on that, that office overlooking Eldani with the other officer that I imagine was going to be taking over his post. It was the, both of them lift and you see it in the previews, they're lifting the glass at the same time. And it's just like the smugness and the, you know, the expansion and, and, and you look at it from that. Yeah, you can, you can see it right there that the empire is looking at everything in our domain as ours. And we are getting fat on this because nobody's going to sit here and, and come after us because we are the all, all powerful empire. And it just showed right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, this episode, we really get to spend a lot of time with um, uh, the, the relationship between the, well, the first half is really about more about the relationship between the empire and the Donnies in many ways. Uh, we see how they're trying to manipulate them and um, uh, and get them to do what they want uh, by just giving them a few choices, all of which are bad. Uh, how they're not going to let the Donnies into the Sacred Valley anymore, um, and how they really just look down on it so much. They they're on a backwater planet, so so they look down on the planet so much that. The commandant and his his wife and son even want to get out of there. They're they're kind of trying to impress the Colonel Pedigar so that they could get a new posting somewhere else. Um, and so it, yeah, this episode really just just we get a, a a real sense that the Empire hates being there. The the people of Aldani hate the Empire being there, and they're just trying to you know enjoy the the eye at their, um, their, their, their sacred temple and the empires, they're, they're not letting them. And it's the last time they'll ever get to be there. 
and it's funny because it seemed like they were setting them up to almost like lose interest in it because if i remember correct they were saying that along the way they had different places for them to stop and they keep oh, telling no, them we're gonna go ahead sorry i'm interrupting because i love that sequence is so um maliciously evil yes <laughs> and you so said many, it perfectly the, they're like, oh, no, like, look, we're not just going to, like, bar them from their cultural heritage. We're going to just, like, literally put as many obstacles in their path to disrupt and encourage them to lose interest in their own traditions. Like, the, you know, oh, like, we'll put stops along the way, because every time we put, like, a hotel on the road, that's 10% of them that, you know, ah, we'll just get drunk here and forget about the rest of the mm-hmm. journey. And it's... Right. Uh, it's just evil. Yeah, like, and did, and didn't they also intentional, malicious? Like it's very, very. Uh, it's a, not what the empire normally is about. They're normally like, "We'll blow up your dig site because, or like your religious site because we don't care." Mm-hmm. But I, I just love this piece of like, no, no. Some of the some of the imperials are a little more subtle than that. They have other ways of ruining things. Mm-hmm. I think there was even an. They implied that they were trying to set up a different viewing area for this. It would be further away from this valley because. The, the whole setup is at some point, well, we're just going to use them as slave labor anyway because they're going to take this that we're going to be abandoning here and we're going to go put a base over here and because they're going to be where they are now and so, you know, not into their heritage, we're just going to take them and make them slave labor. That's the impression I got, which you want to talk about ruthless and brutal. I mean, they're they're just setting them up to be they're basically setting them up as slave labor for the empire, which is really sad. Yeah, no, you're, you, it's, that is exactly, exactly right. It's, they are, they're trying to, you know, use them as they're trying to, they're really manipulating the Donnies to do what they want. They're, they're moving the Imperial base into their sacred Valley, um, where they, they go every year and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely sad and, and very manipulative to see uh, from a, from a production standpoint, part of me does wonder if the, Oh, Hey, it used to be 500 pilgrims here. And now, or you, you would have been 15,000 years ago. Now it's 500, but you know, the group whittled down to just 60 is a, is a convenient excuse to have fewer extras in the field. Um, you're, you're probably not wrong, but this is one of the, but it's a great like, oh, story. Look, it makes a, for a great story. Yeah. <laughs> it's the magic of, you know, story and budget working out together. You exactly. Know? exactly. Every writer's dream. <laughs> 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 yes. Um, so, you know, this, we, we kind of see the, the, the Aldani, the Donnie pilgrims, they make their way up to the sacred temple in the valley and have this exchange of, uh, I think furs with, um, with the commandant and his family and you can just tell they the 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 donnies don't want the empire there and the empire does not want to be there the commandant hates every second and instantly instantly leaves meanwhile we get the infiltration and we finally see cassian and skeen and nemec and tamarin all uh, you know, in their imperial officer uniforms, uh, they kind of they kind of walk up and join the empire that's guarding the Donnies, and use that as an excuse to slip into the commandant's bodyguard detail and into the base, while um, while Vel and Cinta 
infiltrate in a very James Bond style through the mm-hmm. uh, uh, underneath the water and they climb up into the dam and then they, you know, b- repel or bungee jump down the side of the dam. It's oh, the scenes are so well done. Everything worked for me, but one thing, and I'm going to really? go back. To, yeah. Back to the last episode. Wasn't there a thing in which Cassian, I believe, called out how they were placed within that that line of four? Mm-hmm. I don't think it changed because if you watch and, and the, this is the one nitpick and I mean, it is so nitpicky when you watch the other Imperial squad that was there, they had all four soldiers, their rifles were facing out on each side. Okay. To where the guys who were on the left, they were basically facing the, the left, the guys that are on the right, their rifles were facing out to the right, right. Whereas their squad was different. It was back to where they were when they were at their uh, base. And I think that's when Cassian called them out. It's like, if we're going to pull this off and we have to look Imperial and we have to look soldierish, this is how, because of how people shoot, how everybody should be placed. And they still walked in with their rifles basically fo- faced in that, that to me was like, I'll let it go. I'll let it go because from there it didn't matter because the episode was just so brilliantly done. But that was one thing that I was looking at, just it's, going, th- this doesn't compare to the other squads we saw. You know, it's fascinating, Tom. I did not pick up on that at all. No, yeah. But one of the things I loved about this entire sequence is the amount of tension you feel as they show up as part of the group, as they're marching yes. in. There's that part where the, the soldiers have stopped for a moment while they're getting orders. And you see the one group kind of eyeing this other group. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, no, yes. notice. And I wonder if that just the fact that there are there, you know, weapons are being held in a different position just underlines that tension where you can you feel like there's they're sticking out. Right. You feel like it's like, oh, they're going to be discovered. And like I honestly, I think my biggest the thing I was most impressed with with this episode was how on uh, how well the plan actually went off. Yes, absolutely. I was expecting it to go wrong from like minute one. Mm-hmm. And it takes almost the entire episode for anything to go wrong. And even then, I don't know if it does really go wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, I think it was probably the biggest masterpiece of this part of this episode is just the way they built the tension so subtly, minute after minute building until it just explodes and and i think you're right about it doesn't appear everything went wrong it just appeared that there were very unfortunate events that triggered something to happen because the outcome still was positive they got out with a boatload of credits they didn't have to take all of it which i was surprised even at some point they were just like it took them as long as they did to get to that point saying look it we got to get out of here and we'll just take what we got Mm -hmm. but it was that just those little itty bitty things that just kind of didn't go right. Like when the guy was up in the communication tower and he just so happened to have picked up the conversation between the rebels. Yeah. Yeah. That all of those little things was like, you know, he, he overhears the, the, their, their comms and wow. I, I, they really should have gotten some sort of encrypted comm network or something or gone radio silent. But well, I think uh, to a certain extent they thought that what they were using was going yeah, to be I guess it, not so much encrypted, but on a different channel that it, wouldn't probably be able to be picked up. Yeah, and I but, guess it didn't it didn't work. But you know, but you know that, like you said, uh, or when um, you know they're loading all of the 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 pallets of 
uh, of Imperial payroll credits and it's just taking them forever to load stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, or it's just, there's, there's so many little moments where they build that tension, as you said, Stephen, and it's just, it keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Mm-hmm. My it, wife was stressed the entire episode. <laughs> like it, they did it. It just, they did such a great job with it. And, and I think for me on the second viewing, I would agree. It seemed like you were building as you went. And that's when I get back to the commandant where you want to talk about the one who succumbed to stress. And I think when he fell over, cause you could guess it was heart attack that that's when everything basically went to hell was at that point, everything at that point unraveled across the board. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because this episode is is fairly straightforward on some level, right? But it's um, if but you want to say straightforward and complex, yeah, both at the same time, right? But there's so the the tension is so great, uh, and the way things are shot is just so good. Um, you know, like even the tension, like when they're they're in the room, they have the the commandant captured, and then the uh, Colonel um, uh, Pedigar pulls his blaster. Oh, that was a great scene, right? On Nemec, and mm-hmm. it's not until Sinta shows up at the last minute and and takes him out they're, that they're okay. And you know the, the it, you know the, there's a tension there. And of course, when they take the the commandant downstairs, and he's like, I don't know where you know how to unlock it, and of course he does. And, and he tries all the, t- and they're just like, No, we know you're lying. Yeah. This, 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 that, and the other thing. Yeah, I I really did though enjoy the scene where they're loading up the the roto freighter with all the credits because I mean, we started talking about this just a minute ago, but the, the, the vault is massive, right? It's such a huge vault, way bigger than I was even. Exp- we saw some brief glimpses of it in previous episodes, but I didn't realize it was quite that big. And they start having the other imperial officers load it, but there's so many credits. It's going to take them like I, I don't think they could have ever taken all of the credits in time and they they go much further than you you kind of like you kind of want them to just like stop like no no wrap it up wrap it up go 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 you gotta get out of here <laughs> you know <laughs> well that the the one kid was always sitting there yelling time you know mm-hmm. it's like how much time do we have how much time do we have somebody should have sat there and said i think this is enough let's go but you do get to a point to where you're you're in such a a, a mode yeah. you want to get as much as possible no, totally. And I think, and I think even the lieutenant. Sorry to interrupt. I think even the lieutenant came in at one point and said, "You guys should have been wrapped up by now." Yep, he did. Yeah, it, it's. So, speaking of, sorry, speaking of the lieutenant, the lieutenant. Uh, so that's Lieutenant Gorn, right? Mm-hmm. What happened to him? He got. Shot, I think he I think. got shot right at the beginning. Did he? Okay, I, think I he got shot. I did not catch him getting shot. Like, there's. I remember I, uh, one of them getting shot. Well, it's it's the, the one guy who's hiding the, behind uh, the barrier, I believe. Oh, Tamarin. Yeah, uh, I the, believe the, so. Yeah, the 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 guy who was a stormtrooper did get shot because he was trying. He yeah. yelled, "Green, cover me!" And he he was running to try and basically save um, uh, the the girl. He got shot. You see so, him? Yeah, go. I saw him got shot. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other chaos and stuff happens, and I never actually caught Lieutenant Gorn getting apparently shot. It's so, like, such a fast off, was, scene. Like, was, I, it was really yeah, quick. Yeah. There was so much happening there. It was hard to follow, I'd say, but almost in a good way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and really once once Corporal Kimsey gets down there and the the shootout starts, and I, I have to say I did love that brief moment where he's like, "What's what's going on?" You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're trying to keep things under wraps. Uh, and, and the lieutenant's sitting there saying, "This is this is a secret operation. Get back to your post." Yeah, yeah. Um, and once the shootout starts, though, you're right. Like it it goes really quick, and I was surprised by the fact that they killed off. Lieutenant Gorn and Tamarin almost instantly. They were just yeah. out of it. And then, um, you know, the rest of the group manages to get away onto the ship uh, with Corsinta getting left behind. Um, she she leaves the building at some point. I, I, you know, um, well, you catch her at the end because she is in full Imperial garb at the right. end of this yeah, she, episode. Yes, she walks. She's up guarding the prisoners, and then she just yep. walks out into the yeah you know, the broader group. And I assume we'll find out what happens to her at some point. I would assume so. Yeah, but she, you know, everyone else does make it off. The you know the commandant dies, kind of has a, a heart attack, um, and but yeah, it was, once the shootout starts, like so many people just drop like flies. I and, and you know credit like Star Wars. Oftentimes they don't. You know, the heroes often are impervious to blasters, and in this case, they weren't. I think in this case, they had to do that. They, they couldn't have everybody walk out of this mm-hmm. because you are looking at a very small group against a fairly decent size, you know, imperial, uh, bata- I wouldn't say battalion, but th- they're not going to walk away unscathed. I mean, even the guys who are sitting there helping them load the transport they were fighting back at a certain point. Okay. When, when Cassian tried to get away, the one guy that had the cart did try and prevent him from flying away. He did. And, and thankfully, you know, uh, uh, Nemec manages to shoot the guy and, and, and save him. But that was a hell of a shot. Yeah. Actually, speaking of that though, were you guys surprised at all? There were no issues with the tracks on the ship. I, I I was sure that ship was not going to be on the tracks. I, that didn't bother me, honestly. Yeah. Oh, it didn't, it didn't bother, bother me. me. I was just, I was yeah. expecting it to be the case. And so when it wasn't and everything went off without a hitch, I was like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess they're good. They just called a lot of attention to it. I think out of everything in the episode that built to this point, that probably would have had everybody else going, oh my God, what, what other piece of stress can you throw onto us right now? This thing is not there and it's not leaving. Our heroes may not escape. I don't think everybody watching the episode could have taken that <laughs> if they were still sitting there kind of like going, no, no, no. Yeah. yeah I, just, I don't know that it, the track issue, like I, I always took it as partly like Cassian kind of being a jerk about it in some ways. Like I don't think it was going to be an issue with it not being on the track because Gorn was the one who was organizing everything. If it was going to be an issue, I feel like that that would have come up earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they were trusting Gorn, but that's fair. They were trusting him for everything anyway, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a very valid point. You know, in theory, Gorn would have noticed that long before. Um, so, so they do take off. They 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 the the what was it? Vel Val uh, and Cassian and Skeen and Nemec take off and uh, in, in into space. And of course, right as that happens, Nemec is almost, he's almost crushed by a, a pallet and they have to try to save should've, him. 
Should have seen it. Yeah, should have seen it coming. It, it was funny. The first time I watched the episode, I uh, I didn't realize that that Nemec had the paths for them. And so I was like, why are you guys helping him? Go help Cassie and fly out of right. there and then save him. Uh, but on the rewatch, I'm like, oh, okay. He has the, or actually a little bit later, once you know he used the paths that made more that made more sense. But this leads to what may be one of the most visually impressive things we've seen in, on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. With Honestly, the eye. probably in Star Wars as a whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're- well, you also have to get back to the the base was able the the secondary base on Aldani was able to launch at least three Tie Fighters, which also to me made it stunning to watch because how those three got destroyed we can bring that up when the ship gets into the eye but my god it was visually stunning to watch yeah it's it's so good it is so 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 cool with all like the colors and the 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 you know meteors flying through space overhead it's such a cool scene and the fact they're trying to you know escape all this stuff the time fighters are getting pummeled next to them i loved it just told not only pummeled but one of them even took out the one behind it mm-hmm. i mean just oh, yeah. and it I, I think it's almost like aldani's version of the northern lights yeah. but dialed up to a thousand yeah just so so cool yes it's very well done which leads you know so they escape and it, i was actually it wasn't it wasn't actually that hard. Once they got through the eye, they were pretty much free and clear. And then they were able to travel to um, to the planet Fresno, which that's got to be a reference to Fresno, California, right? Uh, not was, too far that from... sounds like Fresno, South. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. too far from where George Lucas grew up, you know, and from San Francisco where Lucasfilm is based. Um, the uh, uh, So they, they decided to take Anemic to the doctor instead of just turning in the... the 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 credits to the to the rebels so they take him to dr quadpaw who probably has the record for one of the coolest names and very uh, fitting for the character by he the way. does he's got four arms he's basically like the same species as maz Kanata, which has never been revealed um and he tries to save nemec and fails adding to the body count but while that's happening Skeen offers Cassian a very intriguing offer. Wait, 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 William. You said Skeen? I thought his name was Skees. Because <laughs> he, he's ski, skeezy, you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> anyway, sorry, continue. <laughs> well, Steven, so what did you think of Skeen's offer? This was, I this mean, came out of left field for me. Yeah, it did for me as well, especially after the previous episode, like solidified him as this like, true heart rebel um but i mean i i liked it i i i i love the scene but it painted him as a flat-out liar who could not be trusted oh he was oh yeah because and 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 you knew and i could see at at this one line i could see why cassian just Here's Skeen giving him the offer. I know a planet. We can lie low. We'll split the credits. You and me. Once the heat's off, we go our separate ways. 
And when Cassian sat there and asked him, what about your brother? And he goes, I never had a brother. You knew that everything he said, the planet, I can't fly this. We split the credits. All of that was a lie. And he was going to end up taking out Cassian. And I believe Cassian had oh, no other so? choice. You think he would have yes. taken out Cassian? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. If he sat there and, and the way I, you're, I'm reading too much into this, but the way he just sat there and said, I don't have a brother. I'm sorry. You knew that he was lying the whole time and he would not have let Cassian walk away with half that money. I, yeah, I mean, I, it probably would have happened later, I suspect, but I just, I, and this is another thing. I loved how fast Cassian drew on him. Mm -hmm. Like this is the same Cassian that took the shot in episode one. Like, absolutely. There is a core of like, just, you know what? We're playing it safe. I'm shooting you and I'm doing it like speed, like Han Solo speed draw. I'm not there. There's nothing left to chance here. Mm -hmm. He, he didn't waste a second. He just, as soon as, as soon as, as, as soon as Keen offered, to split the 80,000 credits with him. He just took him out. Or 80 million, yep. sorry, credits. He just took him out, which on the one hand is a bit fast, um, given that he probably could have turned him in or something. I, no, 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 uh, no. You don't, you don't play chances with that. No, not, not with this. And that's, that's why I think, that, that's why I think as, as soon as he said that, there was no way Cassian was going to play a chance with that at all, yeah. period. Well, and, and, and it's also in line with Cassian's character because in Rogue One, he takes out the informant at the very beginning of the movie be just because the guy was injured and couldn't climb and escape the uh, the stormtroopers pursuing them. And so it makes sense, right? He's, he's quick to the trigger. And, you know, yes, the guy posed a huge danger. So... You know, he, he did what he had to do. Yep. I think he was fully justified to do it. Yeah. And so so then he... But at least Cassian is honorable, right? Because he, he instead of taking all the money for himself, he actually gives... He, he, he goes and he approaches Vel and he lets her know, hey, you know, Skeen... He doesn't give her the full story. He just really says Skeen is dead, so she doesn't really... I, I kind of thought, well, doesn't she, is she going to think maybe he killed Skeen like for no reason, but, um, but he offers to leave the money. He just wants his cut that Luthen promised him the 200,000 credits. He buys a ship from Dr. Quadpaw. Um, and don't forget and, he gives the necklace. Oh yeah. And he gives the sky returns the sky Kyber signet, which was his down payment. So he, he's very honorable in all this. He's clearly not interested in, in joining the rebellion at this point right he's he's not in it for the cause he's purely in it for the money and he wants to go off on his own but at least he's doing the right thing that's how i read that scene at least the thing that i find very funny is dr quadpaw sat there as soon as cassian comes into the room he's just like it's like i tried my that he thought he was <laughs> yeah he thought he was gonna die he's like i tried my best but there is nothing i could do yeah, I, the last thing we really see of Cassian is that Val gives him Nemec's uh, manifesto, which I suspect is what's going to eventually bring Cassian back around to the rebellion in Luthen. It's going to be the type of thing where he just he can't get it out of his head. You know, there's something that feels right to it, and he I think it's going to be what pulls him back in. Oh, it has to be right. I, I think I think it's going to be. 
I don't know. I, the the episode ends really. There's no cliffhanger. It, it really feels like the end of a story in mm-hmm. in many ways because Cassian takes his ship and he heads off and he leaves Vel behind and we don't know if we're gonna see Vel or Cinta or um, I guess that's it, right? Ever again? I, I presume we will, but he has the manifesto. He has his money. Presumably he'll read the manifesto and have a change of heart at some point. Uh, but kind of where he can go from, from here is pretty wide open. And yeah. I guess when it comes to the next episode, we'll find out because the only thing that's left, if he's not going to join the rebellion, he's still on a search for his sister. You know, that's true. I actually kind of forgot about that entire arc. I suspect maybe that's where we pick up with his continuing search or something along those lines. But I, I think there is still one thing that we're going to have to see pay off is at the end of this episode, we saw the ISB head call everybody into a conference room, tell them, don't even bother sitting down. Don't even bother going home. I want to basically have on my desk by midnight, I'm going to say that technically it's like, I want your scorched earth ideas by midnight because we just got heisted and somebody's got to pay. What's what's odd to me, though, is that he wanted the planetary emergency retaliation plans. And and ready. that's that. And that to me is like for me, it's like a scorched earth thing. It's like if it's a planetary planetary retaliatory thing, you, somebody's going to pay and pay hard. Right. What's interesting. Yeah, that's is just, it's not, that's imperial policy right there. William. yeah. Well, what's odd is it's not just for uh, it's not just for Aldani. Right. It's for the in, almost the entire galaxy it yeah it seemed like. that way for the galaxy I, yes and so i don't know yeah, if they're like plan it. on posting it and being like hey this is what happens if you do this again or i don't know it would be interesting yeah, I, if they just pick a planet and just take it out on a planet not all I, yeah. I mean keep in mind they've got you know some people that were killed there in action that you know could uh maybe leave clues but i just assume they're gonna look at their options and you know do what they need to do to make a point of it and I, yeah. I love the sequence of just, no, this is this is the ISB at its most efficient and deadly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very Absolutely. curious to see what he has planned next. Because um, we, we get just only very brief. It's, what, less than probably 15, 20 seconds with the ISB. And then we get another uh, very brief speech with Mon Mothma talking about the injustices uh, that have been committed to the Gormans. Um, and how those are being pretty much ignored and everyone's just walking out of the Senate, presumably because they heard about Aldani, but at the same time, I don't know, maybe they're just, the, I also think it maybe shows the Senate is starting to die and there's there's not as much attendance at the Senate because they know it's, it's it's still around, right? It hasn't been disbanded yet. There's still, what, five more years before the Senate gets disbanded, but they're, they're, people know it's kind of a joke at this point. Mm-hmm. Um and and so she her people just basically walk out in her speech and that's it um also i i i should know if very um eagle-eyed listeners will probably remember the name gormans and that's because in star wars rebels season 15 um the the gormans the the empire kills innocent protesters on gorman and that, of course, leads Mon Mothma to blame Palpatine publicly and declare a rebellion. And uh, I think that's in about three years. So huge thanks to Sean Keen for pointing that out, a good friend of the show. 
Um, so it's it's cooler starting to see a bits bits about the Gorman rebellion here. We might actually get to see Mon Mothma's speech from the other point of view, maybe. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah from the yeah, episode Secret it, Cargo. Yeah, and then the last thing we see is we see uh, is it Luthen in his uh, little shop. And he's sitting there trying to make this whole thing about this lady's looking in a necklace. And it's like, it's sort of a dead language. And it's really special because you can make it whatever you want. And you can make it mean whatever you want. And then a guy behind him asks, do you have anything for Mel Donnie? And I just love how he's like, what? And he's like, oh, there was a heist on old. And the guy goes, there's a heist on old Donnie. And he goes to the back and he's got that cackle like we succeeded. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that moment where first he's like, oh no, the ISB knows. They know about me. We're screwed. We're screwed. Oh, he's just reading a newspaper or whatever the equivalent is. It's going to be yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's really well done. And I, I, again, I, I, we talked about in the last episode, I want more of these characters. I wish we had more time with all of them and the, I don't know, less than a minute, minute and a half we spend uh, doing brief a brief montage with each of them is not enough, but for this episode, it works. It works well. It ties everything together. They're learning about the aftermath on Aldani, and my hope is that starting next week, we'll have uh, longer check-ins with these these characters. Well, wouldn't that be Wednesday when it drops? Not next week? Well, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, hey, these episodes are coming really quick. And you know what? Like you said, we're halfway through the season. Anything can happen now with these last six episodes. Yeah. Any predictions for what will happen next? Steven, what do you think will happen? I, I suspect we're going to get two kind of parallel arcs. One is going to be Mon Mothma and Luthen kind of dealing with the aftermath of the raid and what's going to happen. And then we'll also get, I suspect, something with uh, Cassian finding his sister, finding out what happened to her. And that'll be his next arc. And then the final arc will be about him joining the rebellion legitimately as a whole. Yeah, I think I, I could I could see mm-hmm. that. Tom, I see that. Any, any theories? I I think at this point it's got to pick up the uh, sister storyline, and then somehow him slowly starting to be um, brought into the rebellion a little bit more, maybe. Or Luthen's going to contact him again with another job. We shall see. Um, but it's going to be toward the end of this. They're going to have to be setting up what's going to happen the second season for the first three episode story arc, maybe. So I don't know. I mean, at this point, it's it's anybody's fair guess what's going to happen these next six episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a wide open. It's almost hard to predict. But I think, you know, Cassian will go off on his own. I like the idea of maybe he'll go look for his sister and then... I suspect Luthen maybe either he'll go to Luthen or Luthen will track him down and try to bring him back into the fold. Maybe, maybe um, Cyril Karn even tracks Cassian down somehow. Uh, but I, I think first yeah. he starts I, up a deal with Deidre. Yep, exactly. Exactly. I agree. So are we up for ratings at this point? I think so. Okay. Tom, you want to? take us into the ratings i you know what i'm giving this episode 9.5 i love this episode i think we've talked enough about it what a way to end the first half of the season just the suspense was just the suspense was killing me it was great so 
My 9.5 Womp Rat. See, the skin that was given to the Aldani chieftain uh, happened to have been made from 9.5 Womp Rats that were native to Aldani. That's why... Sorry. I am so sorry. But I was going to say that's why the skin was taken and thrown into the fire because that was not good quality stuff. He was expecting something different. So there. I am sorry, Stephen. Do you want to go next or shall I send it to William so you can? Uh, pick, I, I you can know. go next. Um, oh, I'm also going to give it a nine and a half. Like, again, this episode was just a masterclass in building tension and just doing an amazing job of, you know, showing off this heist. Like every moment of it that uh, just works, I think. Um, characters all worked well. The heist story worked well. Um, like there's really nothing that we saw in the episode that just didn't, I wasn't a fan of, honestly. Like, and I, I guess the, the other thing I'm really happy for is it wasn't a short episode either. It was like 40 minutes some. Like I was expecting this, cause, especially because we anticipated this was going to be kind of the effects heavy episode. Um, that it would be a little bit shorter to save on budget. But no, like it was a full length, just everything was awesome. That's all, like I've said it multiple times now. Um, but my nine and a half Womp Rats, I mean, you you wonder what the eye actually is. You see these careening, some like comets of some kind careening through the atmosphere. Um, but those are actually, you know, there's obviously more than nine and a half Womp Rats. But my nine and a half Womp Rats are among the eye as they hurtle through space uh, into the atmosphere impressive most Horror, impressive. Uh, those womp rats even though they died it's going to be pretty visually impressive mm-hmm. yeah uh you know i i'm gonna agree with you guys i'm gonna give this a 9.5 right it's not a, a perfect episode i saw some people saying best episode of star wars tv ever and I, I there's a lot of great episodes of star wars tv this is certainly a very very good one but I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. I thought the tension was just so good. The The action was great. They finally paid off the Aldarni arc after it was the weaker storyline uh, in the last really two episodes. Um, and and it, it was just really cool. And I hope, you know, I hope we get more of this because Andor was billed as a spy slash, you know, spy thriller type of thing. And... I know we'll get there and we definitely are there to some extent, but this was the first time it felt more like a, you know, spy type, uh, uh, series that they, they build it to be. And of course, and, or he's not part of the rebellion yet. So, uh, you know, you can't, you can't be there right off the bat, but it's really cool to see that progressing in the direction and so yeah i'm gonna give it nine and a half womp rats out of ten and my nine and a half womp rats were uh charged with loading up the rot- roto freighter I keep wanting to say ronto freighter but it's a roto freighter i think i'm just craving some ronto wraps oh um, god so am i man so am and, i and uh the they were charged with loading up the the freighter and unfortunately one of them was crushed by one of the pallets and that's why it's 9.5 womp rats poor womp rats i guess he didn't have his eye open did he oh gosh (laughs) oh boy and uh and with that uh coming up next week we have andor episode seven yeah 
Yeah, and uh, I'd, I'd like to give a shout out to my, uh, my niece has a podcast, by the way. So if you're interested in something other than Star Wars, she and her boyfriend do a podcast called The Adventures Of, and it's a fascinating podcast. I would give it a listen. It talks about famous uh, people throughout the ages who are explorers, scientists, all that kind of stuff. Give it a listen. So uh, it's my niece, Hannah, and it's called The Adventures Of Podcast. So give it a listen. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you all for listening. As always, I think that wraps it up for this week. But we'll be back next week with our review of Andor Episode 7. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.